welcome to Up the Union podcast. I'm Dan Hames, speaking with Kyle Strobel. Kyle, we've talked about our experience and our knowledge of God, and I wanted to think now a bit about the life of God in himself, and just attack that from the point of view of Jonathan Edwards, who you've written about a lot. And he has this phrase that God is religious. Could you open that up for us? What does that mean? Yeah, you know, one of the one of the interesting things about reading, well, any historical figure, of course, but even someone like Edwards, who isn't all that far removed from us. I mean, Edwards was a modern in a lot of ways. Um, for those of you who don't know much about Edwards, he lived from 1703 to 1758, um, attended Yale, um, was one of the early presidents of Princeton before he died. And Edwards, you know, when he used the word religious, for him, that meant this kind of deeply intimate knowledge of God. And not only intimate, but affectionate. Mm. And so when he talks about God's life, you, you get this, this idea that, that God actually, if you want to know re- what religion is, God is the religious life. And the way Edwards famously talked about this, and Edwards not alone, this is a kind of a traditional Puritan way of talking about the Christian life, was that it was a life of affection. In other words, we can't simply have what Edwards would call speculative knowledge about God, which I would just simply say, we can't simply know about God. Um, it'd be very easy to kind of start listing attributes of what deity might look like. And that's when, you know, omniscient, probably omnipresent, probably, you know, we can kind of generate lists of things that are probably true of something we call God. Mm. That's not religious. For Edwards, you must know who God is specifically. So that's going to be distinctively Christian, Father, Son, and Spirit. But again, more than that. Mm. Um, It entails the difference, I would say, between saying something like Jesus died for the sins of the world, which, to be honest, is kind of an irrelevant statement in in a real way. I mean, it's, it's obviously true, and it's something we proclaim. But it's a totally different statement than something like, Jesus died for me. I think an atheist could say Jesus died for the sins of the world. I mean, they, they, they obviously don't believe it. Or, or maybe what they're saying is something like Jesus thought he was doing that. But it, to try to get an atheist to say something like Jesus died for me, I mean, there, there's something that happens in our souls when we say that. There, there's a different kind of turn. There's what Edwards would say, one entails recognizing beauty. There's like an aesthetic sense to it. And so for, for Edwards, it's like, What's happening in conversion, when, when, when you have this moment of regeneration, it's not like you're knowing something new. It's not like you just came to finally new knowledge and, and it clicked for you. It's you're looking upon Christ by faith as you hear the gospel. And then there's this aesthetic turn. Then your heart moves and says, this is beautiful. And of course, there's all sorts of things going on. The Spirit is illumining Christ, and you're beginning to see Him as He is, see Him as He is for you specifically. And, and as these things are going on, what's happening is what Edwards would call religious affection. You have knowledge, but that knowledge has kind of tightly within it this affectionate movement of your heart. Well, what's interesting in his thought is that this is just an image of God's own life. And so when he talks about the kind of inner life of the Trinity, he has the Father is gazing upon the Son. The Son is gazing upon the Father. And the Spirit, the pure actuality of love, is pouring forth infinitely between them. And, and you know, he, you know, if you pushed Edwards on this, because, like, well, okay, this, it seems like you're kind of just generating, <laughs> at this point, kind of stuff off the top of your head. <laughs> he has lengthy biblical reasons for believing this. Uh, of talking about what does it mean that the Son is the Logos, the uh, kind of idea of God. Mm. Um, 
why Edwards will ask, does, does Paul continually say things like grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, but never get around to saying the Spirit? Edwards will say it's because the Spirit is that very love and peace. Right? And so he has this image of God where, where God is not, again, we, we, I think we often give these static understandings of God. God becomes this isolated monadic thing floating in eternity and presumably he created because he was bored or something but edwards is the exact opposite it's like no no, no. god's life is infinite movement it, it can't increase because it's pure infinite actuality it's 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 love dynamically flowing in perfect infinite perfection kind of consuming father son and spirit in a life of love and that life he'll call He'll call religious. Like, this is religion, actually. Mm. Because what God is doing, what God's life is, is it's knowledge of God, knowledge of himself within the perfection of love. And so when Edwards writes his famous book, The Religious Affections, what we find is that is the very life you're called into. And this is why the biblical understanding of salvation is going to be, is gonna, we're going to get two terms that are the kind of fundamental terms for salvation adoption and marriage. And I actually think this is interesting because one is a masculine term and one is a feminine term. And I just think that's interesting. The Bible has given us a, a certain gendered way to think about these things. Mm-hmm. The, the adoption is masculine because you to be adopted into God's family is to partake in Christ's own sonship. So it's true that we're sons and daughters in a real sense, um, or sons or daughters is probably more accurate to say. Um, <laughs> But in a sense, we're all sons because we, as we are united to Christ in his person, we're sharing in the sonship he has with the Father. And as a son, that is sonship. It's masculine. The other image scripture gives us that the Puritans loved, Edwards and Richard Sibbs, um, two of the greatest among them, was the image of marriage. So now you have, you have, again, the same kind of movement is how do we as believers partake in the life of God? But now it's we partake through the son in marriage, and so the church is bride, and so you have a distinctively feminine image. Both images, it's their family images, so they're very intimate, very relational. Both images have love intrinsic to them. Um, the adoption image has a certain kind of love, and of course the, the marriage image has a certain kind of erotic notion of love, mm. which ties to kind of the Old Testament kind of erotic use of the word to know. And it denotes this kind of knowing fully and intimately and deeply um, that we not only are are united in flesh, which is the kind of you know um, image of sexuality in Scripture, but with Christ we are um, one spirit with Him. Right? It's this deep kind of intimate, almost kind of um, again you get this erotic imagery pops up in Scripture, which as moderns kind of makes us uncomfortable, right? But we're we're so united to Christ that we partake in this love. And so the image Edwards has of this is, this is what religion is. Religion isn't, you know, the things we do on Sunday or this long list of things that we do to try to become moral people. No, no, religion is God's life. And what God has done in salvation is he's broken open his life of love in the Son by the Spirit to catch us up into that life. That partaking in the Son, we are now partaking in God's self-knowledge and we are partaking in God's love. And you know, the one question this raises, which Edwards is very, um, he, he, he's really worried about kind of tackling, is doesn't this make God seem selfish? Um, basically, salvation comes about, well, why don't you come and become a part of my self-knowing and self-loving? 
And so you get this idea that God just kind of loves himself a lot and he wants other people to kind of partake in that. And there's a sense where Edwards is like, yeah, this is true, but it isn't selfish because God actually is the perfection of love. God actually is perfect goodness. So if we want something good, ultimately that is to partake in God's life. And so it's not that God is kind of bored and so he creates humans because he's, you know, has nothing else to do. It's that God's life is so full. He, he decides to overflow, to, to give it in, in grace, to give it freely to others to partake in. And so that image of, of what religion is stems from Edward's understanding of God as the, the pure actuality of love, as, as the father and son gaze upon each other. And then, of course, in the beatific vision, what we're called to is we're called to gaze upon the son and therefore see the father and know the father through the son. And so, again, in Edward's vision, we are, we are called to partake in the very life God has within himself. And as, um, as Ephesians 2, 18 and 19 kind of, kind of talk about, we get this triune kind of understanding of being caught up in God's life in, in a very real way, in the Son, by the Spirit, um, so that we have, as Ephesians 2 says, access to the Father. So Jonathan Edwards thinks God is religious and you should be as well. You heard it here on the Union Podcast. 